0: You're listening to Impulse to Innovation. The Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Meese. As a global community of mechanical engineers, with over 120,000 members in 140 countries, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers has been at the heart of the engineering profession since 1847. The institution's mission is to improve the world through engineering by sharing the latest news, views and insight into the creative world of technology and the people that make it happen. In this month's episode, we continue the theme of the IMechE Engineering Challenges, focusing on the Unmanned Aerial System or UAS Challenge. The event is held in mid-July at the British Model Flying Association's National Centre at Buckminster. This event sees teams of university students design, build, test and fly an unmanned aircraft system, scoring points across these different segments to win the competition. So while I was busy preparing for our live formula student podcast, the institution's young members were out recording the highs and lows at the UAS. The University of Surrey were crowned grand champions this year with an impressive combination of scoring across their reports and autonomous flights during the event, even recovering from a crash to have a fourth attempt at the release of the air drop box system. Loughborough University Only just missed out on the top spot due to a rather terminal crash, but they did manage to scoop up the majority of awards in innovation, design, safety, and operational supportability. There was also a virtual competition where teams could submit their designs online in lieu of them being able to attend in person. This enabled international teams to compete and gain recognition for their work despite COVID restrictions. Teams from Pakistan, Sri Lanka and Greece all secured some of the virtual competition awards, with India's team rise from the University of Petroleum and Energy Studies in first place. Stephen McLaughlin, the Young Members Board, Aerospace Division representative, and one of the UAS judges, was on site to talk to Paul Lloyd, Chair of the UAS Challenge, Phil Briggs from Kinetic, one of the event sponsors, Christina Linden, UAS Project Manager, and one of the Imperial College London team members.
1: Hi Paul, welcome to the Impulse to Innovation podcast. We're here live at the UAS Challenge now this week. Do you want to give yourself a, a brief introduction? Yeah, thanks. So, uh, so
2: I'm Paul Lloyd. Uh, I'm the chair of the of the, ch- the UAS Challenge. Uh, and I've been involved uh, in this challenge since since it, the idea was created, which is probably now about um, eight years ago, when we, we set the, the whole idea up. So we've been running it since then, and I've been looking after the whole challenge, making sure that we get the teams together, the sponsorship together, uh, and the sort of STEM opportunities uh, across the board.
1: Obviously, there's been a lot of challenges with the U.S. challenge and any of the IMEC's challenges this year with uh, the COVID pandemic. The U.S. challenge has went for a hybrid approach uh, with a live event and a virtual event. How do you think that's gone this year, Paul? So there's no denying that this this year, in fact, the last
2: 18 months has been a real challenge for, for all of us, hasn't it, uh, as we've had to deal with the pandemic so um, we took the, the decision early to to move to this hybrid approach to offer uh, you know a virtual event as well as as well as a live event. Obviously, as we ran through the, the period, we were worried that ability to actually run a live event. So it's been absolutely fantastic that we've been able to get teams here uh, to this uh, these last few days to to actually have a live event to actually meet up and do it. But I think the offering a virtual and uh, a live uh, you know um, events um, and certainly bringing them together is, is a really good idea um it brings out different challenges and different aspects from the teams so obviously from a virtual point of view you can really prove that their design from a, from a virtual perspective works um you know we can really understand you know where their designs are going and, and really how the aircraft might fly uh, so that's really really positive way for the for teams to to show you know what they can how they de- how their um, aerodynamics can work but you just can't beat though in the reality of coming and then actually having a, a real event and seeing the physical world of trying to make your design real, build it, and, and then fly it. So um, I think there's, there's a real need for, for both opportunities and let's really hope we've moved out and we're moving out of a pandemic and this time next year and onwards, we'll be able to p- p- combine the events together to have a sort of a virtual and then moving directly into a live event uh, for the team so they can show both aspects and we can run that together.
1: Do you think the hybrid approach is something that would be good for the US challenge um, to use going forward in the future, or do you think it, you know, it might go strictly back to a live event at the end? I think we, um, with the success
2: for the virtual event this year, um, I think we would look to try and incorporate both in, into the challenge. Um, you know, as I said, it, it provides an opportunity for those teams that, that maybe um, can't physically build their aircraft for whatever reason that's you know that might be more technical issues as, as well as let alone hopefully out of any kind of pandemic um, ability to travel so it offers ability for teams to at least continue forward with this competition and show their design um, in, in, and then move into the real world so I think it's something we'll we'll look to try and uh, incorporate both together because I think it provide some really interesting opportunities for you know for that joint
1: approach. Another change for the UAS challenge this year was moving site so the last couple of years, we've been in Claddenberg in in the Welsh on the west coastline. Um, this year, we've moved to the BMFA site here in Buckminster. Um, so, how do you think that change of site has gone for the challenge? And how do you see things improving for the challenge next year at this site? So, it's worth remembering this is, I think, is our fourth site we've actually flown the challenge from. So,
2: we've been somewhat nomadic. We we spent a few years at the Um before we we took the opportunity to move here to Buckminster. Um, I think that, you know, this is a a fantastic site in in a fantastic location. Um, And and as it's already, you know, a home for the BMFA, it's it's incredibly well geared for for the sort of kind of competition that we're trying to run. So it's very well set up for that. So I think that as a site, it, it offers a lot of opportunities uh, to you know to, to move forward and really hoping that we, we can we can keep here it's it's a little bit more accessible uh, for teams I, I think uh, which, which is good but also um you know keen to promote stem um you know there's there's, there's a good catchment of, of uh, schools around here as well that we can bring along to show show what the competitions about so I think um, I'm really hoping that we can you know spend a few more years working out of here uh, I mean one opportunity of, of having the actual challenge here this year, Actually having a live event was, was just a test out site for all of us. We, we'd been here and visited, but of course, we, last year's competition had to be cancelled. We, we just didn't get an opportunity to even trial the event. So this has been a really helpful way just to run through the procedures, make sure we understand how the site works, because it does take a little time for the, for the judges, the scrutineers and just all the volunteers as well as the teams to work out you know, how how the, the event could be organized. And even already we, we've identified some areas we can we can help to improve and, and, and make the, the flow smoother. So that's why it's really helpful that we come back in. This, this year has been a really op- great opportunity to practice that before we move back next year for a, a full-on event with with um, with significantly more teams, um, you know, when we really do need to
1: make sure our procedures and processes are absolutely
2: honed so we can keep the maximum
1: amount of flying possible. From a flying and demonstration perspective, how have you enjoyed, you know, the the shows that the the teams have been putting on so far between flying and crashing and the walks through the the hangar and the pits? So you know, one of the reasons that that I've been carrying on,
2: you know, helped to organise and then to to run and then be here at this event is because I just absolutely love the enthusiasm uh, and the innovation that we see from the university teams every year. Um, so you know, seeing the way they're working together in the pits uh, to 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 work their designs and work their aircraft up to being ready to go flying is is, is always great to watch and great to be able to for the to judges and others to be able to offer some advice and help on you know for them to help and, and in terms of moving their design and work forwards. Um, but you know, you can't beat though the flying. You can't beat watching them going flying and actually even just a kind of the <laughs> the sight of their d- their design you know going from a drawing board to, to reality to actually getting airborne you know that they just that it's just fantastic fun to see that and them to work as a team as well because they don't teams often don't get the chance to to work in that quite we put them under a bit of pressure so you know that pressure environment to, to actually get the aircraft up and ready and running in time is is something they don't often do so it's really good to, to watch their teamwork as, as they try and you know get that together the flying is always great fun um you know nobody really wants to watch a crash because because <laughs> but it's always quite fun to watch uh, some aircraft fly and, and go around but every year really enjoy the flying and that's why the really important thing is, is to maximize the amount of flying we can get at this event um, from a spectator's point of view but just just purely from you know for them for that because that's what we're all about at this this flying event here.
1: Hi, Phil, welcome to the Impulse to Innovation podcast. Um, Phil, you're involved this year as a judge, both a judge and a sponsor. Um, do you want to give a brief introduction to yourself, please?
3: Yeah, I'm Phil Briggs. I'm uh, from Kinetic, and uh, I, I work as a, a senior technical lead and um, uh, specifically in um, UAS for Kinetic. Um, and uh, we we've sponsored this competition for many years now since it started in fact and um uh, it's uh, something that we we see as very valuable to be involved in
1: that's great um first we'll we'll chat about you know your experience as a sponsor of the competition um a few questions on that just to to give the listeners a a taste of what sponsorship means for the challenge um how have you been how have you been involved as a sponsor and the US challenge this year,
3: yeah. So as a as a sponsor, um, the, the primary involvement has been uh, via the judging of the competition, uh, and uh, t- reviewing and um, marking a lot of the uh, submissions by the uh, students on, on their designs, and I guess also um, providing judging support to the, the both the uh, virtual and live events this year. Um, we also um, have brought along some of our, our sort, of, sort of younger junior members of staff to the event um, uh, who have actually been part of this competition in previous years. Just staying on the sponsorship theme as well, um,
1: what benefits do you see for your company um, of sponsoring the competition, the challenge?
3: Yeah, so it, it, I mean, this is uh, a, a really important competition uh, to kinetic the uh, the work that the uh, students undertake to progress through this competition each year is exactly the the type of collaborative teamwork um and technical work that we would like to see in people joining our company uh, so uh, the the learning experience that the teams get through working through an industrially rev- relevant project from start to finish is um, really uh, valuable to us uh, to see them get that experience and understand um, the, the ways of working and, and the challenges and, and working through all of those to get to something that's successful and flying at the other end. Now Phil, putting your judges hat on, how do you feel the U.S. challenge has gone this year? It's been uh, a a difficult year for the challenge because of the uh, the COVID situation, but I think uh, the the organisers and the teams have really stepped up to meet that challenge. Um, The uh, the Bringing in of the virtual event uh, to enable teams who were not able to attend the live fly-off was a, a fantastic addition to the competition, and it worked extremely well. It was great to see the um, designs of, of those uh, other teams uh, flying in that virtual environment, performing against some of the challenges. Uh, at, in a in a model that was uh, set here in Buckminster where we're at the moment so that that was really great to see um, the the live challenge that we we're, we're here at at the moment is uh, going extremely well and it's been great to see uh, you know the the different aircraft designs in reality and see them fly and uh, see them score points. We've had um, glide challenges completed. We've had navigation challenges completed. And uh, we we hope to very shortly see uh, an airdrop completed as well. So uh, it's been exciting watching and um, great to see the collaboration and teamwork that's been going on in the uh, pit lanes too. Also from a judge's perspective
1: um, what has been the most challenging aspect of the u.s challenge this year for the
3: team yeah for, for the um, for the teams I think the the most challenging aspect has been their ability to get together and do the collaborative elements of the work I think the the, the doing things over uh, video conferencing has worked to an extent but I think that you know they've had real challenges in Getting that collaboration done, and then that has translated into difficulties in them being able to manufacture and then fly uh, their vehicles in reality. Which is, I guess, why we've had to go to this virtual and live event approach. I think uh, that that they've uh, done a great job of doing that from a judging perspective. Um, that that the, the increased um, uh, level of. Uh, Judging as a result of having two parallel competitions has been interesting, but uh, I think it's definitely been worthwhile given that we've enabled so many of the competitors to, to have a go at the competition in, in, in the best way that we were able to provide something that they can compete in. And as you've mentioned, this year
1: was a hybrid approach where we've had a a live and a virtual event, Mm. um, do you think this is something which will be good going forward, or or would you like just to get back to a, a
3: strict, li- strictly live event? <laughs> um, I think uh, that uh, the the virtual event definitely has its merits, and and. Potentially, could form part of uh, the competition uh, as a as a permanent addition. Uh, how we would bring that in, I I don't know. Uh, it would be uh, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, maybe perhaps uh, there's a, there there'd be a cutoff if if there are only so many teams we could accommodate at the live fly off event. Then maybe some of the teams. Uh, it could be a uh, precursor to being able to attend. I don't know. It's uh, it's been a, a useful addition. It'd be a shame to see it go. Um, but uh, I, yeah, we'll have to have a think about how we bring that in in future. I think we would certainly need more judges if that were the case. Also, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> the workload this year has been been a lot a lot greater than previous yeah. years. Absolutely. Um, a major change this year in the US challenge has also been the change of site we've moved from the the coastline of, of Wales in Llanbetter yeah to the BMFA site here in Buckminster what's your opinion of the you know the layout of the site here in in Buckminster and you know how suitable it'll be for the competition and improving everything going forward
3: yeah i mean every, every site has its um, sort of uh, Benefits uh, and, and you know they're, they're different benefits for the different locations. Uh, I think this what this site particularly its location in the in the Midlands means that it's uh, reasonably equitable for most people to travel here. Um, so that's great. Uh, I think there is a great opportunity for broader STEM engagement um, uh, here in Buckminster, uh, and it'd be really good to see some of the uh, younger school age uh, uh, students to come along and see some the achievements of the teams here at, at the event. Um, I think the, the site itself has got some really uh, good possibilities for us to maybe uh, enable more people to be flying at once, um, so that, that, that might be uh, quite an exciting proposition for uh, next, next year's competition. And I think uh, the, the, you know the the place is is very well looked after and manicured. So I think you know there's there's people out there cutting grass as we speak. So it's uh, a very uh, very smart and well kept site. So I, I think yeah, people will, will like visiting here.
4: Connecting three, two, one. Okay, checking controls. Connecting.
3: Right there, right
1: there. Yeah. Right there. Hey, Christina. <laughs> We're live here from the BMFA site at Buckminster at the UAS Challenge 2021. Um, Do you want to give the listeners to the Impulse to Innovation podcast a a bit of an overview or introduction to yourself, please?
5: Hi, yeah. Um, So I said, I'm Christina and I am the project manager here at the iMacke UAS Challenge for 2021. Um, I've been involved in the UAS challenge for the past couple of years and obviously last year we didn't get to go ahead with COVID, so this has been quite a great year to actually get some teams down here and actually running the iMICI competition. It's my first year as the programme manager and obviously this year we've had both the virtual and live events, which is the first year we've ever done both of them. So. That's been fantastic and a very unique learning experience from our behalf. Um, in terms of my in my role here um, as the program manager, I've done a couple of roles as part of the uh, committee looking after the UAS challenge. But my first um, the, my first year as the program manager, I just coordinate the event, make sure we've got all the resources and volunteers and all the sweat personnel in order to be able to judge scrutinize and obviously safely get these aircraft operating but yeah that's 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 my role in in short I'm sure I could go through into a lot into a lot more detail but I think everyone get a little bit bored by that.
1: So you mentioned there that you're a past participant in the challenge Um, how did you find um, participating in the challenge and how do you think it has helped you in your career and developing into the great engineer that you are now?
5: Yeah, I actually, my first involvement in the UAS Challenge was actually back in 2016 as a master's student myself where obviously given the opportunity in any degree you're going to want to build something and the UAS uh, IMechE Challenge offered that for our university. So we came from University of Liverpool as a team, joined in 2016 and I can say it was an experience and it was fantastic in terms of meeting all the other teams and seeing what the universities actually come up with and some very unique and crazy ideas on some occasions. But to actually see them fly is amazing. In terms of how what I learned from there, the UAS IMICI Challenge actually offers the students a glimpse into the world of aviation from everything from going through Preliminary design reviews, critical design reviews, flight readiness reviews, actually demonstrating that your aircraft not only meets a requirement set within the competition, but you can operate it safely and it's airworthy. They are important aspects within the aviation world and the UAS Challenge mimics that, but on a much smaller scale. I've, Although it was the first time, obviously, I ever went through that in the UAS Challenge back as a student myself. Actually, throughout my career, since graduating and working with projects and actual um, aircraft, it's, it's actually just on a bigger scale. All the aspects, working as a team, coordinating everyone together, and all these factors are all what you have to consider. It gives you a very strong skill set of knowing just what should be working and how it should be working together. But you actually don't realise until you go off in the world just what we're trying to prepare you for just as we say to all the students everyone has a responsibility towards safety and we try and drill that in during the competition and obviously it's great it's, a, it's fun as well you get to see an aircraft at the end you get to do some flying hopefully um, with a lot of the university students getting getting them up and getting them up in the air and actually being able to see start from start to finish an idea that you've had is a very unique experience out in the aviation industry it can take 20 years to get an aircraft from design to actually be in flight being used so to see it on a much smaller scale is a really opportunity that every student should should take and honestly it will be very rewarding at the end and i can say for myself i never fully appreciated it until actually going into the inter- industry and going okay now i understand why you were telling us to, uh, to, to work the way we were. And that's what made me want to come back to the US Challenge. So when, when I got asked to come back as a volunteer in another role, I jumped at the chance. And I have seen students from when I first came back actually go off into the aviation world and come back and go, yeah, OK, we now understand it. And when I was asked to be a program manager, I, there's not a better opportunity. I love coming every year. And despite COVID, we've come and all the teams that have made it, I am sure they'll agree. It's been an absolutely great experience and hopefully next year will be just as good, if not better, with all the teams back to the way we normally are.
1: Yeah, Christina, you mentioned there now you're project manager, program manager of the challenge. Um, how have you found this role uh, this year? It's been quite a challenging year um, in, in the world with the, with the COVID pandemic. Uh, How has that impacted the challenge? And obviously, with the virtual and live event, how have you found managing that whole side of the programme?
5: Unfortunately, we couldn't go ahead with the challenge last year. We did it on, we didn't have the time to put together any sort of virtual competition other than the normal submissions that we did. But this year, the the challenge committee and our volunteering team got together and said we wanted to do something. We wanted to give the students that couldn't make it an opportunity to learn in that real engineering environment. Don't get me wrong, the live event has, has been really great over the past few days and we'll never want to take that, as- that aspect away. Actually build- building an aircraft and seeing it fly, there's no better satisfaction and real sense of achievement when you get it off the ground. If you can complete the mission, fantastic, but getting it off the ground is always where the biggest smiles come on students' faces. With the virtual event, what we're trying to do this year to, make, to try and give every student that sense of achievement as well in seeing something that you've actually got to produce, whether you haven't been able to make it into labs or you haven't been allowed to go actually on-site because of COVID restrictions, we gave them the opportunity to do an X-Plane model and to build an actual aircraft within a simulated environment. We simulated the environment within X-Plane so BMFA Book Minister was actually simulated and the challenge that the students are competing in live here today, they actually did virtually. They submitted their aircraft and we flew them as exactly like we would today um, and tried to give them some, some of that feedback and videos so that they can actually understand from a pilot's perspective how their aircraft flew. And actually, was there anything that was a bit of surprise, which... We all know from an engineering world, there's always surprises. You never know how it's going to work until that day. It was always going to be a stretch, but we've managed to do it this year. And I think the virtual aspect has helped a lot of teams. And it's something that, you know, maybe we'll take forward. We'll we'll have a talk about it. But for COVID, it's really proved uh, successful with the students. In terms of how we found the live event in terms of COVID, You know, it's very strange not being able to shake everyone's hand on arrival and introduce yourself properly and having a conversation wearing masks in a hangar is always going to be difficult. But the teams here have risen to that challenge. They've done everything that we've asked of them in terms of COVID restrictions and they've still managed to get aircraft out to 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 a good standard in which we can actually get them flying. It's always, it's always going to be a challenge and no, no matter what we do, but we'll always try our best to get the, the US challenge happening and happening to a standard which actually uh, will benefit the teams and give them the experience that we're originally after. Except having to do more safety precautions and sanitising and lots of hand gel and masks, I think it's a small price to pay for actually the experience and the team dynamic of getting everyone together, which is key. Into any engineering world that you go into, whether it's military, civilian, or you just want to become a model flyer because you absolutely love it and have a passion for it. The UAS challenge set me on a path where I knew the first job that I went into as a graduate had to be UAS, and my career has developed from that. But if I hadn't have done that, I don't know if I would have been in where I am today without that first sense of I absolutely love this aspect in UAS and it's brand new. It's something that we're trying to explore. And it just lighted a bit of fire in me to go, yeah, this is what I'm going to go do.
1: So, Christina, you mentioned there in your last answer about um, the virtual aspect and the students having to do the X plane. Um, So what you didn't mention there is that actually you went the extra mile and and did all of that flying and coordinated it all? Do you want to tell the listeners a bit about what you had to do there?
5: Yeah, so I can give you um, a little bit more. What we did was, as I said earlier, actually simulated the whole event. So all the all the pay, the payload challenge, where they actually deliver a payload to a target, um, long and short distance across Buckminster, and actually doing that autonomous or manual. Unfortunately, this year, due to time restrictions, we didn't get to do the autonomous aspect, but we did have manual flights in which I had pilots actually fly the aircraft. And we provided feedback on that. The students were required to actually build their aircraft subject to any limitations within the actual model software itself in X-Plane. Um, and then what they had to do was just basically, if they had to deviate it from it, which is always aspects, which is always possible in the engineering world, having to come up with compromises or different solutions depending on restrictions within the environment you're working. And they had to tell tell us about that and explain their reason, reasoning, which would be exactly what we did at the live event on the day. You know, something's not working; you need to come up with a fix, and it needs to be there. And we tried to simulate that aspect as well. I took on the responsibility of running from an X and from that virtual uh, environment. I have quite a bit of experience in creating environments like that, and actually aircraft for industry within there to be used as simulation kits for pilots in training and I thought this is an excellent opportunity and as well for the students to get another skill set which will help them in industry and to be honest if you want to spend your Saturdays and Sundays building aircraft in X-Plane nothing wrong with that so there's always part of that in those aerospace engineers mechanical engineers if you're interested it you can definitely do it in, in terms of that, it was, it was a lot of hard work. We, ha- we had a very short time frame to get there up, because obviously we wanted the live event to go ahead as much as possible. Um, but we soon realized, obviously with COVID, the restrictions weren't easing enough that we wanted to give everyone the opportunity. and building that environment within X-Plane took weeks, making sure that you're actually plotting things on um, Google Maps and all different aspects to get as much information. getting photos of the site to make it as realistic as possible and then running the aircraft within those environments. It was almost, if not over 100 hours worth of effort to fly half of the teams that we normally have in the US challenge through that. And then what we did was presented the awards via virtual award ceremony so again the students get that sense of achievement and what we will be doing after the live event is providing all that feedback and videos of the aircraft flying so that the students can see what we've seen and what the pilot experienced and hopefully that will help them in understanding the way in which we work and the way in which the aviation industry works and hopefully it's been a benefit to everyone and I think from what we've seen here, it has.
1: Yeah, Christina, totally agree. Um, it's been great this year. Uh, I've, I've just pulled you off the flight line where we were kind of watching all the teams queue up um, to get their, their last flights in before the award ceremony and try and get some more scores on the, on the board. Um, so instead of holding you back from watching all the, all the teams um, succeed in their flights, um, I think we'll, we'll get back out now and, and wrap this up and, and watch some more flying. Um, thank you very much for your time and uh, thanks for all your effort and volunteering for the challenge.
5: No, thank you. As we're it is always on the last day of the competition, everyone's got their aircraft flat, ready to go last minute. So we've got a runway full of aircraft ready to go um, So I think we best get out and let's see what happens with them. But thank you very much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure.
4: Great.
1: Thanks for your time. So we've just come from the prize giving ceremony at the UAS Challenge here and at the BMFA site in Buckminster. And I've managed to, to pull... One of the, the a winner of a, a couple of awards here, the team leader of Imperial College, um, in for a quick interview before he packs up his pit lane and heads back home. Um, so with me here, I've got Pablo. So do you want to tell the listeners,
4: Pablo, about what you've what you and the team have just won? Hi. So first of all, thank you very much for for having me. Uh, we we've just come from the the prize. Uh giving, and we've won three awards, uh, the scrutiny, the Airworthiness, and the Most Promise Award. So it's, it's really a, a great recognition of, of the effort that the team has put in, and we're really, really grateful that uh, we have been able to, to achieve these awards and really thank the, the Mickey for, for this event uh, so far. Yeah.
1: That's great. So um, have, you, have you enjoyed your time here over the last three or four days at Buckminster?
4: to be honest we've we've really enjoyed it like not only the team experience of getting a f- few people together or working towards uh, trying to get uh, one plane ready but also the interaction with other teams you really see the atmosphere that we're all trying to to get these aircraft to fly and and you see a lot of uh, uh, like uh, members from other teams interested in, in, in your design and then trying to help and give suggestions. So, so it's really, uh, I, I wouldn't say a holiday because it's a lot of work as well, but it's definitely a, a very fun, fun few days that, that we've had here. So
1: throughout the nine months of the project, what major challenges did you and, and your team have to overcome in order to firstly collaborate uh, to design your UAS? And then secondly, to manufacture your UAS and, and manage to get it here, to fly off in front of everyone over the week here?
4: So it's been a long journey uh, since, since uh, September. To be, to be honest, uh, given the fact that last year the, the competition ended slightly early because of uh, the coronavirus and we couldn't have an actual live event the rules were actually sent already for in march for for this event so we actually had quite a bit of summer to start planning ahead of what we would do with our design so the the nice thing of 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 this competition is that there's always a new challenge a new set of rules that is uh, created by by the judges every year and really keeps uh, every team trying to innovate and in the end each year, the team is different because we get new members into, into it. And we, we obviously can, can start from a clean sheet every time. So we've, we started off actually quite, quite early in, in, in summer having ideas of, of what aircraft to design. And although we wanted to go for a conventional standard aircraft that we've, we think can fly well, Uh, and be robust. We actually decided when we had the the, the full team together in in an internal meeting to try and push the boundaries of of what our design capabilities are. And we actually went for a flying wing design, a blended wing body. And this obviously is an unconventional design, has some uh, design considerations that uh, unlike the normal conventional uh, wing and, and tail configuration, this has uh, new implications. But given COVID, uh, we thought, let's give it a go this year. So so, so that's like maybe the, the story behind our aircraft. And now looking at, at the challenges that we've had during the year, we've been working remotely for, I would say, 90% uh, of, of the time and 100% of the design cycle. And we've also had... People based in Singapore and all over the world, in, in almost uh, eight countries and maybe three different times. So it's definitely been a very interesting project to manage. When should we do our general team meetings? All these considerations to take into account. But it has def- definitely been a very interesting journey. And in, to be able to, to reach uh, the final stage and, and come here has is, is, is been great.
1: That's brilliant that you've enjoyed the whole process and, and you've enjoyed the project and your team have enjoyed the project and you've picked up some awards. But on a personal note, aside from what you've learned technically, have, is there anything else that you, you can take away from the competition and take it
4: um, into your career? Uh, de- definitely. I mean, th- there's so many things you experience during during the, the, this project and, and it's... Uh, it's, it must be said that this is like a, a group uh, work effort. So it's, it's not only like me that, that gains all, all of this. It's also like interacting with all of our team members. And, and we, in, in, in our team, we try to split up the, the leadership between two people. We always feel that that is uh, a very good way of, of checking ourselves and not pushing anyone uh, to their limits. Because in the end, this is a voluntary project for our university. We don't include this in our actual grades for the university. So we all do this because we like it a lot. So for me, the, the, the main takeaways uh, that, that I've learned here is to, to actually try and uh, use the, the, the team we have built uh, and try and get a, a good atmosphere, listen to everyone and try to enable everyone to participate and I think one way, especially with, with newcomers to the team, which are maybe from first year, which don't have that much technical knowledge, is trying to involve them in, in a certain way that, that they can feel ownership also of the project. And, and to be honest, at the competition today, these, these three days, it's, it's been mostly um, from the five of us that have been able to come uh, Three of, three of them were, were, were first year. So that's something that I'm uh, really pleased of. And I, I think I, I definitely work on that towards my career as well, trying to have a good uh, team atmosphere and, and, and seeing if, if collaboration that way can, can add up. Because in the end, uh, us individually, we wouldn't be able to do this in any way. And, and I would say, yeah, the, the teamwork is definitely a, a highlight of, of this competition.
1: Pablo, that's great, great feedback for for the the E and for the for the challenge. Thanks very much for your time. Uh, I know the rest of your team are probably back in the hangar there at the minute, packing everything up, and you're getting away away lightly here at the minute. So I know you're you're all keen to probably get back home now. So uh, again, I'd like to thank you for your time. Many congratulations on the awards that um, your team have just been awarded at the prize giving ceremony. And thanks for coming. Thanks for participating. And
4: hopefully I see you again next year. Well, thank you very much. And from my side, it's it's definitely a highlight of my academic year. So so thank you very much for everything and, and I hope this, this this challenge continues for for, for many years and, and it grows in in the way it's it's been growing. So thank you very much for everything.
0: That's all for this month. In the next episode, we will be looking at the process industry and specifically brewing. While brewing has been with us for thousands of years, today's brewing and distilling manufacturers rely on a raft of complex technologies and multidisciplinary teams of engineers to ensure products reach the market in a consistent and safe way for the consumer. So join us, to find out more about this fascinating aspect of the process industry. You've been listening to Impulse to Innovation, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to share any news or any feedback with us, then please email us podcast.com at key.org All the information on this episode can be found in the episode notes.